0: Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this morning comes from the epistle lesson from the book of Romans chapter 5. We hear verse 11. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So far, our text. Before we dive into this profound verse from Romans this morning, I want us to take a little trip back to Mount Sinai. Our Old Testament lesson for today is from the book of Exodus. Here we find the Israelites out in the wilderness just after God has used the ten plagues to set them free from slavery in Egypt. After he brought them safely through the Red Sea. Here we find them at the foot of Mount Sinai where God is going to come visit them. And even though they are God's people, they still find themselves separated from God. For their own safety, they cannot draw near to him. Well, we just spent 12 weeks being separated from the house of our God for our own safety. So it might be easy for us to say, yeah, we understand what these Israelites are facing. Except their separation and our separation is vastly different. I mean, during the 12 weeks of quarantine, sure, the church doors were locked. The building was completely empty on Sunday. Nobody was allowed to come here and worship. But now listen to their separation. They are standing at the base of the mountain, and God says to them, For on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people, and you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, Take care not to go into the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot. Whether beast or man, he shall not live. In fact, God takes the separation so serious. Even when Moses comes up on the mountain, again God says, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to the Lord to look, and many of them perish. God told Moses to build limits. That is like barricades out around the mountain to make sure no one can get through. Because if someone does get too close and even just touches the mountain, he has to be killed. In fact, even if it's just a beast that gets too close and touches it, the beast must be killed. So not only did Moses set limits around the mountain, most likely he even posted men as guards who were ready to stop men or beasts from trying to get too close. Well, now that sounds familiar, doesn't it? with all the recent riots that have been happening, your minds are probably filling full of images of police officers and National Guard soldiers in full riot gear, lined up together, keeping the people back from where they shouldn't be. Now, I don't think the Israelites had full riot gear, but they did have staffs and slingshots. And those guards were instructed to stop man or beast from coming through. Because again, if they didn't stop them, they would have to put them To death. Can you imagine if we were instructed to do the same thing today? Build walls out around the church, high enough the people can't get over them, strong enough they can't get through. Post armed guards around ready to keep everyone out. In fact, even if a deer or squirrel or bird tries to touch the building, stop it by any force necessary. If anyone or anything gets through or even just touches the building, They'll have to be stoned or shot. Can you imagine if we did that? I bet our weekly attendance numbers would just go right through the roof and off the charts, don't you? Okay, maybe not. And yet, that was God's instruction to these Israelites. Put up limits. Keep everyone and everything back. Don't come near, because if you get too close, you must die. And this is the same God we still worship here today. So what has changed? Because what I just described of walls around the church and stopping people from coming in is pretty much the exact opposite of how we actually operate. Instead, we open all four doors to the building. We put the pastors out in the parking lot to greet people as they come in. We advertise and market trying to invite people into this space to worship our God. We're genuinely excited to see this building full of lots of people, especially now, more than ever. And it doesn't matter whether they're first-time visitors or long-time members. Whether it's a family or a single, men, women, and children, all are welcomed. They're greeted. They're encouraged to enter this space, draw near to God, and worship Him in His presence. So what has changed? How can the God... Demanding limits and guards. Giving strict warnings of death if anyone gets too close. Keeping the people away there at Mount Sinai. Be the same God who welcomes people into his house of worship. Desiring them to hear the gospel, receive his gifts, and have the hope of eternal life in our churches today. How can this really be the same God? Well, before we get to the correct answer, let's quickly look at some incorrect answers. First, the biggest and wrongest answer is that God has changed. I mean, using earthly logic, I can see how it's easy to come to this conclusion. The Israelites are human, we're human. We didn't change, so that must mean God has changed. And in fact, this is so easy of a mistake for people to make, there were even highly trained theologians who became heretics because they came to this conclusion. More than one false teacher has tried to say that the God of the Old Testament is an angry, mean, wrathful, spiteful God. But the God of the New Testament is a loving, kind, compassionate God, almost as if he's two completely different gods. In fact, Even a lot of Christians have made the same mistake in trying to define law and gospel. They say the Old Testament is all law, the New Testament is all gospel. By making this separation, it gives the wrong impression that God all of a sudden changed. This false logic really makes God nothing more than the Grinch. You know, the Grinch who stole Christmas. In the beginning of the movie, he's angry, spiteful, ready to do anything to stop those who-villians from singing. But on Christmas morning, when he thinks he's won by stealing Christmas and he's listening, hoping to hear them cry and be sad, instead he hears singing. And it's so moving, it causes his heart to grow three sizes bigger. Is that what happened to God? Was he a mean old Grinch God whose heart was two sizes too small? He spent the first 4,000 years of creation, the Old Testament period, being mean, strict, wrathful. And then all of a sudden when Jesus came and brought the New Testament period, did God's heart grow? So that now he's a a loving God who's kind, patient, and caring? Did God change? No. No. Absolutely not. I mean, our God is loving, kind, and patient, but he's always been all those things. Even in our text from today, from Exodus, as he's giving them the warning to stay back, we still hear God say, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all people." Even in God's warning, we still hear his words full of love as he reminds them that he saved them. He chose them. They are his treasured possession. The God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament is one same God. He has not changed. And just to clarify, there is plenty, both law and gospel in the Old Testament, and there is plenty of both law and gospel in the New Testament. God has not changed. He's the same God he's always been, he is now, and he always will be. So if God hasn't changed, maybe the answer is that we did. I mean, the Israelites were humans and were humans. They were the children of God and we are the children of God. But maybe, just maybe, they were more sinful than we are. Or maybe they were being held to higher expectations. I mean, after all, these are the people who saw firsthand the ten plagues. They're the ones who walked through the dry land of the Red Sea. And yet now that they're out in the wilderness, they're already grumbling and complaining. They've doubted God. They're questioning Moses. Maybe they just weren't as faithful as we are. Maybe they're more sinful. Maybe just plain and simple, they're worse humans than we are. Do you think so? Do you think you are less sinful than those Israelites? Do you think you're more faithful, not doubting God or questioning his leaders like they did? Do you think you get more of a free pass because you haven't seen God's miracles firsthand, but instead just read about them? Maybe that's what changed between Sinai and us here today. Wrong! No, 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 that is not the answer. Let me tell you, friends, you are just as sinful as those Israelites, and so am I. You are just as forgetful and weak in your faith as those Israelites, and so am I as we doubt God daily. You are just as stubborn and whiny as those Israelites, and so am I as we judge and slander and complain about church and her leaders. And there is no free pass. Hearing about the ten plagues is just as good as seeing them learning about the Israelites, crossing the Red Sea, puts you there with them. We have God's word full of his works and miracles, and even more than that, we still have God's miracles in our own life to look and see and know he is real. So no, the answer is not that we have changed. We are the same stubborn, doubting, sinful people those Israelites were. So God hasn't changed, and we haven't changed. What could it be? Something must have happened. Well, the correct answer is our theme verse for today. We rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ because we have now received reconciliation. What happened that caused the God of Sinai putting up limits and keeping the people back that would allow us to enter and praise him in the holy space of his house? We have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. See, even though those Israelites were God's people, his treasured possession, they were sinners. God demanded that there be such strict barriers between him and the people at Sinai because all sinners are in conflict with God. Our just and holy God demands perfection. And because humans have fallen into sin, we've lost that perfection. We are separated from God. In fact, St. Paul, just a few verses early in Romans, calls us Enemies of God. Our sinful nature makes us hostile towards God. That's what causes us to doubt him, disobey him, rebel against him, and question him. And these things do make us enemies with God as we go against him rather than with him. So being enemies, in conflict, hostile, separated from God, he demanded that we keep our distance from him for our own safety. And even today, as we said, God has not changed. He still demands perfection. He still demands that we obey him, follow his ways, and be with him. But we haven't changed either. You and I did not all of a sudden just stop being sinners, which means we did not just stop being his enemies. Our sinful nature still causes us to be hostile towards God. We still rebel against him. So what happened? The answer is the cross. Jesus, the Son of God, born in our flesh, in, was born into our sinful, broken world. The same sinful, broken world that the Israelites lived in. He became like us and them so that he could do what we could not. He lived the perfect life that God demanded. And then he used that perfect life as a sacrifice to pay for the price of your sin and my sin and those Israelites' sins. And through the cross, we are, are forgiven our sins are gone and even more than that we have been reconciled to God every other year just the way the curriculum falls I get to teach the confirmation students about reconciliation and here's how I define it for them reconciliation restores a broken relationship back to perfection as if it was never broken in the first place I'm going to say that again Reconciliation restores a broken relationship back to perfection as if it were never broken in the first place. We were enemies of God because as sinners, we were no longer perfect or holy as God had created us to be. Our relationship with God was broken due to sin, and we were separated from him. And while that broken relationship still existed, God demanded that the people keep their distance from him For their own safety. But now, through the cross of Jesus Christ, we have received the forgiveness for all our sins. And even more than that, we have been reconciled. Our relationship with God is perfectly restored, as if it were never broken, as if we had never sinned. And so now that we have received this reconciliation, and our relationship is restored, We are able to draw near and be in the presence of our God. He no longer keeps us back for our own safety because in the forgiveness and reconciliation of the cross of Christ, we are worthy to come and praise Him in His presence. You and I have been reconciled to God. Those words of pure, sweet grace should bring us more comfort than we could imagine. And every time we walk into a holy house of worship, drawing near to God, that same comfort is ours. And for that, we rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice because we are able to freely walk into His house and offer our loving and gracious God our worship and praise. From Sinai to here today, God has not changed and we have not changed. And yet, We are able to do what those Israelites could not. Simply and entirely because Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, went to the cross. And through his death and resurrection, reconciliation is now ours. As God has reconciled us to himself and given us eternal life. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more Now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. At Sinai, God demanded that the people stay back from his presence for their own safety. Today, we confidently walk into God's holy house, worship and praise him in his presence. Because Jesus Christ, through the cross and the empty tomb, has reconciled us back to God. For this, we rejoice today and every day. Amen. Now this, the peace of God which surpasses understanding, keep and guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.